Hey guys, what's up? It's Murphy from Warcurse. Hi, this is Charlotte from Delane. This is Fernando from Moonspell. This is Alex from Lisa Eyes. This is Heather Michelle from Grave Shadow, and you are listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. Podcast listeners, welcome back to the show for another Metal Artist interview. I'm joined by Jeff and Sarah of Mind Maze. Guys, thank you all so much for joining the Great Metal Debate. Thanks for having us. So we're here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee on one of the final stops on Mind Maze's summer road trip, the No Rest in the Midwest Tour. What's been the response to this time out on the road? Uh, it's definitely been a mixed bag. Uh, you know, some shows are better than others, but we've actually had a lot of fun. We try to you know, do stuff for ourselves as far as going around and seeing cool stuff as well. So that even if the uh, show responses aren't all great, we still have fun. But um, yeah, I mean, even the ones that there aren't a ton of people at, there's been people showing up to every single show that are like actual serious, dedicated fans. And that makes a big difference. I was going to ask about that. I've been following you guys on social media. It looks like on your time off, what little you've had, you have been able to take in some sites. What all have you been able to see? Um, Well, the first thing that we did was we started the tour by going to Niagara Falls, which was really cool because none of us had ever been there. So we started out going there, but um, we also got to see, uh, like, the Grassy Knoll and the JFK Memorial in Dallas. We went to Memphis yesterday and saw Beale Street and all that cool stuff. And then, like, we went to Nashville, like, the city today. So, I mean, there's been some other little things along the way, but those were, like, the main kind of sites that we've seen so far. Is that something that you guys envisioned when you planned this tour, or did it just kind of happen spontaneously? A little bit of both. Like, the thing, like, the Niagara Falls thing was intentional just because we kind of, you know, I'm a very meticulous planner when it comes to the way we route everything. And when I saw that we were basically going to be passing through Niagara Falls on the way up to Toronto from where we live in Pennsylvania, um, I had the idea of kind of, why don't we cross over into Canada the night before and then we'll just be in Niagara Falls, which is only an hour and a half from Toronto. And so, yeah, stuff like that um, was kind of intentional. But the stuff like in Dallas and, you know, whatever, sometimes along the way we'll just kind of be sitting on our phones while we're driving around just being like, oh, you know, we're going to be pretty close to this place. Why don't we stop there if we have the time? And as far as the shows, have you all been able to play some cities and venues that you'd not reached in the past? We actually played pretty much all venues we never played before, except for in Kansas City. We played at the Riot Room before, but every other venue that we played on this tour, even if we played the general area before the city, we played a new venue. So we definitely got to check out some new venues, for better or worse. Some of them were awesome. Some of them, you know, weren't. But it it was still cool because we got to see a bunch of new stuff and, you know, check out a bunch of new venues. You guys have an impressive touring history, including spending time on the road with the legendary Saxon. How did those experiences in the past inform the way you tried to do it now as far as touring and performing? Um, Well, performance-wise, I think, you know, 
touring with bands like Saxon and Armored Saint rubbed off on us a lot, uh, just because we kind of have always sort of had this approach to live performance that we're very, we like to be very live, like 100% live and spontaneous. And we don't really, you know, we don't perform to a click track live. We don't use backing tracks. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. There's a lot of bands that do that stuff and it and it's totally cool. But like, we've just always been more of the, you know, we, we tend to have a lot of old school influence and upbringing musically. And I think touring with bands like Saxon and Armored Saint even like tipped us further over in that regard that it's like we really just wanted to sort of like follow in that tradition like more of that like old school kind of approach to somewhat newer school metal to a degree um but as far as like the touring thing goes i mean it's like it's a totally different experience going out and doing support tours as opposed to playing on our own both because we always end up with with less time to sightsee and do stuff on the support tours because the the load-ins for the shows will usually be at like two three in the afternoon as opposed to like maybe like six o'clock for a bar show that we're doing on our own and uh the other thing is that when you tour with headlining bands they usually have a tour bus and a driver so the band gets to sleep overnight while they you know they get driven to the next city and we're always out on our own and we don't have anybody with us most of the time and we're driving ourselves. So, uh, some of those get really, really rough because the headlining band doesn't think nine hours between one city to the next one is that big of a deal, but we have to drive it all overnight. So, <laughs> and obviously you're aware of history, things like the band Wormreich with uh, accidents that can happen. Do you guys have a protocol in place as far as traveling from city to city? We've actually been very fortunate thus far that like, We've never really had to deal with anything, fingers crossed, as far as, like, breaking down or we've never had anything stolen or broken into or, you know, anything like that. Um, we're very mindful of it because, we, you know, we've certainly heard the horror stories from all kinds of different bands. We always try to make sure that we're trying to, like park the van in like the least shady area possible or you know making people stay with it and uh when we were on tour last year when we were driving through texas our live keyboard player um he and his girlfriend who was with us doing our merch and sort of taking pictures and helping us out they were in their own car following behind our van and they actually hit a truck tire um and their car actually ended up getting totaled as a result of it so you know we had to basically like circle back and try to help them out and it ended up there was really nothing we could do they just ended up having to get towed and you know deal with it and he just missed one show and then rejoined us at the next one but yeah fortunately for us we've been pretty lucky so far and i mean like the we kind of have a system in place when it comes to driving as far as being safe with that goes that generally jeff and i do all the driving and our schedules as far as how we operate are so opposite that it just has worked out perfectly because i'm much more of a nor like a normal <laughs> i'm much more of like a daytime or morning person so you know i usually get up when we get up in the morning and i drive first and i do most of the day driving and stuff like that and then jeff has worked second shift so he's usually up till like three in the morning so you know when we have to drive after the gigs he always drives so it kind of has just worked out really well that we haven't gotten ourselves into any kind of like dangerous situations there where anybody's falling asleep at the wheel or anything like that so sounds like you guys have a system well let's turn to talk now about your most recent album resolve released in 2017 with the passage now of a little time how do you look back at that effort and 
just kind of how, how do you evaluate that? Uh, well, Resolve was definitely quite uh, an undertaking for us because uh, unlike our first two albums, it was a concept album and uh, not just in terms of, you know, lyrics, but like musically, the whole album really just kind of fits together like puzzle pieces. There's a lot of, there's like something like 20 or 21 different, you know, varying degrees of recurring musical themes throughout it. And uh, it just, it took a long time to write. It took a long time to record. And it was, you know, a very taxing process, especially compared to like the second album, Back from the Edge, was very fast and really easy to make, actually. Um, but you know, uh, I definitely think that, I, I mean, I think it's our best album to date. I think everyone in the band pretty much is in, a, in agreement about that. And I mean, yeah, most bands always just say that like, oh, the newest one's all, you know, the best one. But uh, we, there were a lot of things in particular, just like little things about, you know, recording and mixing and writing, and you know, that with each album, you kind of have like a little list of like, well, let's do this differently next time. And, you know, I think we did a pretty good job with kind of doing all of those things so with three albums under your belt do you think that you all have developed a mind may style or is that something that's still evolving or is is that not something that you want to do to be pigeonholed where there's a, a certain style that you play um i mean yes and no i definitely think that we've kind of at this point developed somewhat of a signature sound but we're still kind of blending a lot of different styles together and uh with each album we've kind of like shifted the focus more towards a different kind of influence like for example back from the edge the second album was more of a power metal kind of based you know that was the main influence going in there um whereas with resolve it was much more of like the progressive metal influence especially being a concept album and um actually like the newer material that we've been working on is kind of a lot more like straightforward almost hard rock kind of aor sort of influence because that's that's a big influence for us and it's one that we kind of haven't really like explored yet thus far so when we decided to do an ep you know to kind of bridge the gap between resolve and our next full-length album we're like well why don't we kind of experiment with that a little bit and just kind of see how it goes and i mean i personally really love the stuff that we've been working on so we've kind of just been sort of shifting from album to album like we're staying within a sound that i still think could be identified as mind maze but you know it's kind of more focused in different areas so to speak from album to album yeah um it's like do doing something differently every time i think really helps keep things you know exciting for us um you know it's like at this point if we were already working on like our fourth album of essentially just like exactly the same stuff as you know three albums before it i'd probably already get be getting like you know fatigued creatively but it's like i i think it's a little you know it's a little easier for me to find inspiration if i keep just sort of you know bouncing around off different things and you know honestly i think more than anything too making resolve was so musically taxing for us that like this is sort of almost uh you know the the like the ripple effect of that or whatever where uh we kind of almost needed a break after after working on an album that was generally all just dense complicated you know music for a while it's like to to get back to doing stuff that's like more you know just simple individual song based stuff 
And, and it's like, it's tough because uh, as a new band or a newer band, younger band, more unknown band, whatever, like it is riskier to be like that because I think, you know, it's, that's the kind of like the whole like artistic experimentation thing is usually a little more welcome when artists are more, you know, bigger names, but it's like, it's harder to get the foundation built. I think when with like each subsequent release, you're kind of, you know, shifting from one thing to another, because, you know, we'll put out an album and a lot of power metal people will be like, Oh, I really like this one. And then the next one will come out and, and, you know, some of those same people will be like, well, I don't like this one as much. And then, but then other people will like that one a lot more than the ones before it. So, you know, it is kind of a little risky, I guess, but you know, at the same time, it is more rewarding, I think, to have a sound that incorporates, you know, the power progressive, traditional metal aor hard rock you know progressive rock like all that stuff into it because not necessarily everybody gets it but i think the people that get it really love it you know which is really cool yeah i'm a big fan of european power metal and you guys definitely had some nods in that direction i mean what's the the goal here i mean do you all want to headline prog power one day is that kind of what the what you'd envision at this point, we'd be just super stoked to play Prog Power at all. But, I mean, you know, yeah, that festival specifically is a very, you know, it's a key part of our niche sound. Like, bands of our style, that's basically almost everybody's goal to, to play Prog Power and, and, and be able to, you know, perform in front of that audience. Because that's basically, like, uh, the best chance you're going to get to perform in front of a crowd that's specifically interested in your style of music, which is really hard to do, you know, no matter who you're touring with in the United States, it's extremely hard to get in front of that kind of super specific audience. So, I mean, that, that's a huge goal for us, but I mean, we kind of have a bunch of other stuff that we really have in mind as things we, we haven't really thought so far ahead as like, headlining some some festival or anything yet but you know like just going to europe to play some festivals at all or any shows like that or even it would be great to do a tour in europe something like that so we kind of try to think more in like short-term goals of, of stuff like that but like festivals in europe prog power maybe like seventy thousand tons of metal those are kind of like all major things that we you know would love to in the next few years so I know you guys would kill it in any of those locales. Now, Sarah, you're very active on social media. You share a lot of personal takes on being an up-and-coming artist. What role does social media play in building your brand as an artist and developing a fan base? Well, it it's kind of hard because, you know, it's sort of a double-edged sword anymore. Um, it is very important with how things are anymore. Social media is, like, key as far as building a fan base goes. Um and it, yeah, it's a double-edged sword because, you know, I've kind of gone the route of trying to be as honest as I can about things. And, you know, our fans and the people that really support us and are, you know, have been following us for a while have really kind of taken to that. They like the fact that we're honest about things. You know, you know, if a show doesn't or a tour doesn't exactly go maybe as planned, you know, we're not going to go and, and complain about it specifically but we'll be honest and say hey look this is expensive this takes a lot of work you know we'll be up front telling people this is why we don't play in this city this is why we don't do that because it's too expensive or it's this or it's that you know we're very upfront with 
honestly telling people like this is how the business is this is how it is for us and you know this is why we do things the way we do and for the most part i think it's been a good thing you know uh the people that follow us have they really like to follow my posts they like to see some of the like sometimes silly and stupid stuff i post about like daily things that i'm doing or stuff that we're doing so i mean yeah it it has its positives and negatives because on the other side of that there is the whole you know like you can say one wrong thing on social media and like it snowballs into this big you know kind of like ordeal that you never really saw coming when you just were like yeah i'm just gonna post how i feel and then all of a sudden it's just this big deal and dozens of people are like yeah i hate this band now so you know it's kind of a slippery slope you got to kind of pick your battles with some of the things you want to be honest about but you know for the most part i think it's worked out really well i think our fans really appreciate like the stuff that i post and they appreciate that they can kind of expect us to be real with them so so three albums in you guys have built quite a significant band but you still have regular full-time jobs and and personal lives How, how do you make the band work in that context where it's a primary part of your life but in many ways also the secondary part of your life it's very difficult honestly and it's it's actually increasingly difficult as time goes by just because you know the more we do sort of and the further we get with things the more we want to do and the more we can do to a point you know the there's usually opportunities or offers for things coming in semi-regularly for us i mean they're not all like you know career making opportunities or things but it's like you know stuff that if we were in a position where we didn't have to have day jobs and we didn't have to pay to support ourselves and you know pay rent and whatever you know we would still take them just in an effort to help things grow but like we have to pick and choose with what we can do because you know, pretty much everyone in the band's in a position where we have, you know, a finite amount of time off from work and, you know, or at least at the very least, a finite amount of time off from work that we can get paid for. And pretty much everyone in this band is in a position where, you know, we can't really afford to just be like, I'm not going to have a paycheck for a month or, you know, whatever. So, uh, yeah, we kind of have to pick and choose with stuff. We get offered tours and we'd love to take them. Like we've been offered some tours supporting some really you know sizable bands in this subculture and bands that we really like but like we just can't do it there's just no way that the money makes any sense because there's no way that you know one we could afford to be away from work quit our jobs and go without money for like a month and also we just never be able to afford the logistical overhead that doing a tour would require you know it's like when you go out and do something like what we're doing right now it's only like 11 days the actual cost of you know renting a vehicle and paying for hotel rooms and gas but it's not really that much money you know it's not that hard to be able to sell enough merch and get paid you know enough for gigs and you know that it that it kind of pays for itself but like the support tour stuff gets really hard to make work in that same way but that's really like 
the stuff that you need to do if you want to like grow the band organically through playing live. You know, the the support tours we've done with like Saxon and Armor Saint and the one last year with uh, Serenia and Arcona, uh, those are the things that generally do the most as far as expanding our fan base is concerned. But they're also the things that take the most money and the most time. So, yeah, it's definitely a matter of like picking and choosing what we want to do and what makes the most sense and, you know, when the timing is right. Sounds like tough choices ahead for you guys on what to do, but some good opportunities. Beginning to wrap up with you guys this evening, after the completion of the No Rest in the Midwest tour, what are the band's plans for the remainder of 2018? Um, well, the biggest thing that we have to do is uh, we've been in the process of making an e- EP for months now. It was actually originally scheduled to be done like this summer, um, but we had a bunch of stuff kind of happen in our lives and the stress and time it took to actually book this tour that we're in the middle of kind of just like overwhelmed us at a certain point and we kind of had to just put the brakes on that and just be like stop we're gonna we're gonna you know pause that for a minute because it's not an album our label's not putting it out we're doing it all ourselves and we did crowdfund for it so like obviously we don't want to take forever to make it because we want to deliver the product to the people that paid for it but you know, there wasn't a hard deadline on it. We kind of just had to say, look, like life happens, things happen. We need to kind of just, you know, hold this for a second. So when we get done with this tour, that's kind of priority number one is finishing up the CP, getting all those Kickstarter rewards delivered to all the people that, you know, pledged for them. And then, you know, we're probably planning on doing a few shows here and there for the remainder of the year. But after that point, we're not really sure. We actually have kind of talked at, at this point early on about maybe taking a break. Like, not anything like we're breaking up or something like that, but kind of maybe just taking a few months to, you know, get to the rest of our lives a bit and kind of give ourselves a breather because we have kind of been doing stuff almost constantly and, you know, we haven't really had much time to just have, have a break and, and take a minute for ourselves. So, you know, after we do the stuff we have for the rest of the year, we're probably just going to take a short break and, you know, give us a, ourselves some time to kind of do other things and, you know, sort of relax and all that stuff. But, you know, I know how that goes, too. And like Jeff was saying, we pretty much constantly get offers for stuff. And if I know our luck, we'll get offered some tour that's a really good deal that we can't turn down. It's something we really want to do right after we decide that we're going to take a break. So, you know, who knows what might happen. If, if something comes up that's like something we can't say no to, you know, obviously we're probably still going to do that. But I guess we'll kind of see. Minimum fans are going to have some new music to listen to, which should excite them. Yeah, that's that's kind of, you know, what we're hoping is that it's like when we put this out, it'll at least give people, you know, a few new songs and stuff to hold them over and hopefully keep, you know, the momentum going to a point. Because it's like that's probably like one of our biggest concerns about why we sort of almost stress ourselves out about not going too long between putting things out or, or not playing live enough or whatever. It's like there's you know, a hundred thousand different bands people can listen to. It's like the choices are like endless. And we, you know, we're always a little paranoid that it's like, if we just go through like a year of inactivity, you lose your momentum. And it's like, then you're, you know, kind of fighting your way back then for a while after that. And it's like, we're trying to hopefully avoid having that happen. So, (laughs) 
Well, finally, guys, what is the best way for fans to purchase music and merchandise from Mind Maze, including the latest album, Resolve? Well, there's a number of different ways, but, I mean, the main thing that you can do to just kind of find your way to everything is if you just go to our official website, www.mindmazeband.com. Um, that has links to every everything, like, uh, you know, our official store. We sell all the albums that we have physical copies of, which now is all of them, again. Um, our first album was actually out of print, but we just got it repressed, so we have that one. It's actually going to be re-released on August 31st, so that's going to be out. It has a couple bonus tracks, some cool stuff. It's an expanded booklet. It has some liner notes that Jeff wrote some information about the songs, so it kind of gives some fans extra information, something special there. Um, so we have that. Um, but we have the other albums. We have a vinyl version of our second album. We have shirts. We have all that kind of stuff. And our official store is linked right on our website there. But we're on, like, Amazon, iTunes. You can listen to us on Spotify, all that stuff, too. So, um, yeah. I'm definitely going to check you guys out at the merch booth after the show tonight. Get a T-shirt and a, a copy of Resolve from you. Looking forward to the show this evening. My first time to see you all perform live. And, uh... Best of luck on the remainder of the tour and uh, the rest of the year. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much.